What's up, everybody? We'd love to jump in and give you guys a quick update about our favorite basketball team, the Dallas Mavericks, on a beautiful Monday night. Getting ready for some Monday night football. A lot of action going on tonight. But in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the training camp roster a little bit and some very early expectations that we have for this Mavericks team. What's up, everybody? We'd love to jump in and give you guys a quick update about our favorite basketball team, the Dallas Mavericks, on a beautiful Monday night. Getting ready for some Monday night football. A lot of action going on tonight. But in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the training camp roster a little bit and some very early expectations that we have for this Mavericks team. So starting off today, a little bit of bet talk. We got some big plays for tonight's game, especially... Going to be an interesting one. Talking about Green Bay, Detroit, of course. Little Aaron Rodgers bounce back or Aaron Rodgers confirmed bust game. So we're leaning towards the uh, game one was a fluke and he's going to absolutely murder Detroit. Mac, you got a pending bet going for him. We talked about last pod. Whatever his passing yards over is. Essentially, was the bet. Yeah. But today, I'm going to be taking, I got a special one. It's Aaron Jones' first touchdown for Green Bay, plus 300. Not first touchdown of the game, first Green Bay touchdown, plus 300. Everyone's thinking Devontae, and it probably will be him. (laughs) But I think if they get within the 10... Aaron Jones is as good as anyone. He catches balls. He runs it well. He gets in the end zone. Yeah. Um, now that the line is out, the line uh, popped out at 277.5. It's up to 279.5. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, in his last eight meetings against the Detroit Lions, has had tw- over 25 points in fantasy. Um, Aaron Rodgers just wanted to tell the Green Bay Packers, he hates them for not trading him and decided not to show up in week one. And this is his bounce back. Um, I also say that because I need Devontae Adams to have about 32 points in fantasy. Let me pull this one off. <clears throat> so I've got the Aaron Rodgers over 279.5 passing yards at minus 115. I also have Randall Cobb uh, over 15.5 receiving yards. Um, very possible. Yeah, Two catches. Uh, that's that's one big catch or two catches. Um, him and Aaron Rodgers have had a connection for a long time. He's back on the Packers now. Last week, I just look at it as a fluke. You can't really take much from that game. Um, also, uh, me and Jake each are going to be putting a half unit um, on this play, so a unit overall. Devontae Adams over 7.5 receptions, minus 110. I feel like this is a virtual lock. Um, he had five target or five catches last game when Aaron Rodgers only threw for like 118 yards and he had like 56 of them. So it, it should have been six if he didn't throw that abysmal pick. Yeah. And so. just to mention, I mean, the Detroit Lions let Jimmy Garoppolo throw for like 345 yards against them. They lost their best corner um, and Lambeau. I, this just screams. 
Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers put up like 42 points tonight. And the Lions scored. Yeah, and, you know, he that first week he was probably feeling it. Obviously took a lot of time off in the summer. Just probably was expecting a trade the whole time. You know, I don't know how he works, so I can't comment on that. But he just definitely wasn't ready for week one. And it was the Saints, too. Saints are a competent team. They've been good for a while. So it's not like, oh, Aaron Rodgers lost to the Saints. Aaron Rodgers is washed. You know, they did get their ass kicked. But do you think Aaron Rodgers wants to come, wants to lose to Detroit? I feel like he'd, he would have to intentionally play bad to not get his stats and to not win the game. Yeah, I, I think so, this is a uh, – if Green Bay loses – to the Lions after being an 11.5-point favorite at home. I'll look at this Green Bay team completely different. I just think last week was a fluke. Saints were ready to play, fighting for the Bayou, uh, the hurricane there. And we saw what happened to the Saints this past weekend um, when they ran into Phil Snow and uh, Matt Rule, a.k.a. former Baylor Bears. Um, defense looks good. But enough with that. Was full form. <laughs> yeah, Jameis was back to a uh, pre-LASIK Jameis. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that's reversed. Yeah, today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Mavs, but be sure to check out our pod coming out later this week. We have a college football one, as always, recapping some of the biggest games and looking ahead and uh, doing a quick preview on some of the biggest games of the week. Uh, we got a big one up in uh, Madison this week and we've got a big one down in uh, Dallas this week at uh, Jerry World so be sure to listen to that also a new segment is being added to the podcast it's fantasy football we we also got a big game down in Austin Texas Tech UT playing yeah let's go Red Raiders come on let's let's get them back to back come on come on let's just horns down always Um, always the horns are down in this pod (laughs) We uh we're adding a uh, fantasy segment to our podcast, so that'll be on the NFL podcast. That'll probably drop Friday, uh, possibly Thursday night, but more like Friday. So be sure to check that out. And yeah, listen up to this ad, and let's jump into the Dallas Mavericks. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force, with football season around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. Use promo code Dirk Forty One. That's all caps at betus.com to receive a 125% sign-up bonus after a deposit of $50 or more. BetUS has aligns for any game you can dream of while allowing you to bet live sports across the globe. From the live casino to the horse tracks, BetUS has you covered in every front. Remember to use promo code DIRK41, all caps, at betus.com in order to receive your 125% sign-up bonus at the best sports book there is. The Dallas Mavericks. Very recent news. You know, it's been, been kind of a dead summer for a little while after uh, Carlick Jones, Ferran Hunt, and EJ Onu got the camp invite. Not too much going on until we acquired another new... It's just fine with the Knicks now. You know, we took, you know, Dennis Smith and 
And the new acquire was Frank Nilakina, for those who don't know. Same draft as Dennis Smith Jr. A lot of comparisons between the two about who should have been taken where. Uh, Mav, first year Mavs, uh, Dennis Smith was better, but Dennis Smith doesn't have a job now. And now Frank is on the Mavs. <laughs> so it's interesting how these things work out. And Frank played with Tim and KP and, and Trey in New York, too. Maybe not Trey, but... It seems like New York is the new Texas Legends. The new and improved Texas Legends. It's the Frisco Rough Riders for the Rangers, just providing right. us with rosters or players. Having five former Knicks, uh, just got Reggie Bullock, too. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it is, it is, it is the Knicks. They're of our feed team. Dallas. They're the feeder. They're the feeder. We give them Dennis Smith Jr., uh, we get Frank. Dennis Smith doesn't have a job. Frank has a job. Not in the same transaction, but um, what if we yeah. still had Courtney Lee? Hey, if we had Courtney Lee, make it a we, we, right now. We have six. a starting five of Nick, former Nick, Nick's players. If we wanted to, I wonder if they ever see the court at the same time. We should. Whenever we play the Knicks. Yeah. Kid should just tell Luca, dude, just get us up uh, as many points. Do whatever you want, and then the last two minutes, just put the Knicks lineup in and just yeah. in, trade in Madison Square Frank, Garden. Tim, Reggie, KP. Just make it an open gym. No, they start the game. They get the lead. That lineup has a sm- very small. It's a lineup that is competent. It's not the lineup I want out there. You know, if Luca was hurt and Reggie, I don't know. <laughs> not we're, ideal, but. Yeah, we're. I will say, I don't think five Knicks end up on the final roster, which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Um, they have about 20 players um, coming to camp, uh, 15 make the roster. And then you have two two-way guys. Um, so before we jump into who you think is going to make the roster, let's just go ahead and talk about who you think is going to be the two-way. Uh, Jake, I'll let you tell your first two, and then I'll tell my two. I think we agree, but I like Eugene from Oregon. I, I mean, everyone's saying he's a guard Draymond. I've said he's a guard Draymond. I'm guilty, but... He does show flashes like that. He's He could be the <clears throat> potential defender off the bench that we need, kind of like a Frank type, but less of a creator, more of a shooter. Bigger. Uh, bigger sure. guard. Of bar- we'll, play, we'll play a small different ball position. Four. Yeah. He's kind of, you know, he he's dynamic. He, he can pass. He can handle the ball. He can play good D. He can set screens. He's a big body. He probably is kind of, PJ Tucker esque with a yeah. little little more athleticism, but he fits that role. I mean, PJ Tucker's played the five in the playoffs, so yeah, PJ Tucker's a good small ball and fitting with going off of the KP loves to play the five narrative. It's perfect. It's a small four, and it lets KP do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the, I also have Eugene as a two way spot. I kind of think it's. You're looking for a virtual lock. Um, 
like Baylor minus 17 and a half against Kansas uh, last week, which was 45-7. Eugene's kind of that lock to be a two-way guy. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is Ja'Cory McLaughlin. Uh, for those of you who don't, I don't know if we've talked about him too much on here, but yeah, he's he is with us now. He was with Golden State Summer League. Uh, wasn't the biggest name, but you know, watching his highlights and obviously highlights don't tell the whole story about someone's game. But he's he's very crafty. He's, he gets to the rim very well. He shoots well. Passes well. But I haven't sat down and scouted him or watched the whole game. So there's probably some defensive issues, some lapses. You know, probably yeah. takes. You know, but I'm excited for him. He's. He had, highest, he had one of the highest assist-to-turnover ratios in a good way. Not turnover-to-assist ratio, but assist-to-turnover ratio um, in the summer league, which is means as a guard taking care of the ball, that's always important. You know, you don't want to have a guard who just can't take care of the ball and is going to be a turnover machine. But I think, which uh, Ja'Cory might very well get that spot. Um, I'm hoping it goes to Fer- uh, Fair and Hunt. He's a 6'8 guy, uh, former SMU Mustang, uh, second highest vertical in the NBA Combine, just a freak athlete. And uh, when you're 6'8 and you have that wingspan, it's it's kind of like Derek Jones Jr., but I think he could develop more defensively. I think he's got a lot of upside there, and I'm never going to say no to a 6'8 athletic wing who could possibly be a 3 and D. Like, I just, I see the mold is there. Now, um, it's a question of will he ever get there. Um, I'd love for them to take a flyer on him. Um, I feel like our guards are pretty, pretty solid, but you can never have too many, too many wings in today's NBA. Um, and, and the nice thing about Farron Hunt is he doesn't have to move. <laughs> Went to SMU. So yeah. he's, he's there. He knows the city well. And last thing about it, if you watch the summer league and crunch time, he'd pick up the ball handler for the opposing team. And granted, it's summer league, but just that full court, six eight, long wingspan, athletic, like I could you could see him being very versatile on defense. Um in today's NBA, being able to guard one through four. Um obviously his defensive game needs to pick up, but just being that athletic the potential is always there. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a stat about him. Uh, yeah, and he's like like you said, he's a great defender, great athlete. But for SMU, he I might be butchering the stat, but he was top two in the whole nation, and it was either something with fast break efficiency or points per fast break. I mean, he just gets to the rim, finishes fast yeah. breaks, like. If LeBron come try to pin him, get that chase down. Nice, he ain't get it. quick, <laughs> quick. You go get it. Um, but yeah, with the signing of Frank, uh, more looking on to who's going to be on the roster, it raises some questions of who is going to make the 15 man roster because it was already kind of set beforehand. Um, for those who are on Mavs Twitter a lot. Um, you probably saw Trey Burke wiped his Instagram clean. Um, even before the signing of Frank, if you had to pick one player that they replace, 
you'd most likely be looking at Trey Burke. Um, just because we saw some flashes of what he could have been in the bubble, but yeah, that was probably that was the bubble. It. Yeah, that was it. And uh, he's never really had success like that in his career. Uh, the Mavericks old front office decided to lock him up. Um, and he was probably my least favorite player to watch this entire year besides maybe Josh Richardson. Josh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just <clears throat> when you're a small guard who doesn't defend, you're older, you don't shoot efficiently, you don't finish efficiently. I just like, I'd rather take a flyer on some young guy who's 23 and is at least, at least in something. Trey Burke is just that like 2K build that you get before you upgrade anything. He's like the 61 overall, like all around point guard build that you get in 2K. Well, but every now and then, when you play the game on rookie mode, you drop like 30 on like 10 shots. You just, you just, yeah. You get real hot. You get real, you know, kind of like when he was in New York and he got the cornrows and everyone, he dropped like 26 one game. And he looked like AI, and everyone was like, oh, my God, it's the next Allen Iverson. <laughs> and then and he averaged like 20. He got like 20 the next game, and then it was like back down to like eight. And it was like, okay, real, that that was quick. That was kind of the bubble. You know, I, I love him, class act, all that stuff, but his it's just no fit. We have four – I mean, our first our first two point guards – are better than him. And our first two shooting guards are better than him. And these young guys, you know, Tyrell, Drew Quarry, you know, if he makes it, Josh Sterling Brown, Josh Green, yeah, they're going to get minutes over him. I want them to get minutes over him. Trey might be, he'd be the last guy on the bench. And I don't want the last guy on the bench to be, you know, an he, older he doesn't, guard. He just, and he also doesn't have that veteran leadership impact that, you know, like a J.J. Barreo would have. Yeah, or like, something. yeah, he just Jared Dudley. Like, it, he doesn't have that veteran Dudley. leadership. Yeah, an assistant uh, coach. An assistant coach, but he doesn't have that veteran leadership that if you're gonna have an old vet on your bench, he doesn't have the tangibles to be that. He doesn't have the impact to be that. So you're looking at him as a player now with not a lot of off the court or like helpfulness as a veteran leader so there's really just no point for him to be on this team especially with the fact that jason kidd and sweeney one of the assistant coaches have both been credited for chris middleton and Giannis's success um sweeney did a lot of the workouts with Giannis and middleton kind of the same way um mine's blanking now orlando head coach jamal mosley would work out with Luca and like Dorian Finney-Smith. That's what Sweeney did with Giannis and Chris Middleton. So we have some good player development guys. It's not Rick. <clears throat> it's not ha wanting to have veterans, not wanting to play young guys. So if I have the shot to take flyers on these young guys, I'm going to take them over a veteran who might play eight minutes a game. Um, I'd rather play a young guy five minutes a game. Um, but yeah. And the one advantage we have is we have the best young player of all time and the best top, you know, at his worst, top five creator in the league. At his best, the best creator in the league. And, you know, he's, I feel, I think Luca is just going to help Sterling Brown 
Moses Brown and Frank. You know, I got my eye on those three with how they work around Luca because and Reggie, of course. But I think Reggie's kind of a sure thing. He's going to fit well. He's, he's going to play good. D. He's not young. He's been proven in the league. He's yeah, he shoots the ball part. very well. He's got lights out of it. He's gonna he's gonna be good, but the and not flags raised, but I just want to see. I'm eager. I want to see Frank Moses and Sterling around. And Sterling's probably gonna play the least out of those three, especially with the acquisition of Frank. I think but, I think Brown gets more minutes than Frank at least to start the year. Yeah, you know. I, I think I think it, he will because it, it could go either way. I, I agree. in my opinion, if you were going to play Frank more. Frank gets part of the MLE, not Sterling. You know, like Sterling Brown, you had to give part of the MLE to get him on your roster because other teams were interested. It was a free agency move. Frank, this was more of a move to we're taking a flyer on a kid. Might play well, might not. I'm not. The biggest thing about guys like this, in my opinion, is you don't want to have expectations. Four guys like this, if they come in, they play 12 minutes in a playoff series, and they do well, that is the best I could ask for Frank. You know, like... Yeah, and, and New York is brutal. If you don't, yeah, New you York don't play good, they're on you, and it, you're everywhere. They haven't had a good track record until more recently of developing young talent, like looking over all their past draft picks, don't really develop talent that well. Um, RJ Barrett got killed his first season. You know, I'm glad he is developing into a nice player, but I mean, he was killed. They were booing KP when they drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see, like, Kevin Knox doesn't really have much of a career at this point. Um, Dennis Smith was there, doesn't really have much of a career at this point. Frank. Quickly's doing well. Yeah, quickly. Quickly's doing well, but Quickly was also part of the Thibodeau coaching staff from the get go. And, like, guys like Frank, like Mitchell Robertson, hasn't been great for the Knicks. And, I mean, they just locked up New Orleans Noel, like a 10-year, three-for-33 deal. So that kind of poses some questions about the center spot. Um, But, yeah, with that being said, uh, I think we can both agree that the roster is going to look somehow like Luca Brunson, Tyrell Terry, Hardaway Jr., Frank, Sterling Brown, Reggie, Josh Green, Dorian, Maxie, DP, a.k.a. Dwight Powell, KP, Moses Brown, Willie, the Trill, and Boban. Um, that looks like the kind of solidified 15-man roster. Um, so, yeah, a lot of senders on this um, roster, five to be exact. But, you, yeah, <laughs> you kind of, I kind of look at it as, is, is Boban going to play much, or is he just that veteran guy? At the end of the bench. Yeah, so now you have four centers. And honestly, with the injury history of KP, it's not a bad thing to have three other centers that do different type of things. Um, I'd love to, if you could move on from one of them, um, more specifically like Dwight Powell, and you don't have to give away a lot of assets to get rid of him. I think that's something you should definitely look into. And, um, you know, the Drogic rumors have definitely died down. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he came here in February. Um, we see a lot of teams say they're not going to buy out a player, and then come February they buy him out. Um, yeah, I mean, come and I don't know how much Toronto's really going to be competing this year. They, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes is very good. 
he's a he's a one of one player right now. Honestly, and he's, he hasn't even played a game. But no one, no, there's not a a point guard. You know, he's he's gonna play point for them. He's gonna play one through five. Yeah, he's truly. He's, he's a very fun player. It's definitely if you're an NBA head like myself and Jake, you love the NBA and you can, you know, fall in love with players from other teams that you're interested in seeing how their career goes. Scotty Barnes is definitely a guy that you want to turn the TV on. Um, everything they say about him, he's a leader in every single facet. He changes the dynamic of the teams he's on. He's the type of guy that steps into your locker room and becomes a leader day one, even though he hasn't had to prove anything because he's going to outwork everyone. And just being 6'8", with six eight six nine with a wingspan he has, if he can develop that point guard role and score and just be decently efficient from the outside, like that's the that's a different type of Giannis, but Giannis in a sense. It's a more perimeter centric yeah. uh, defensively Giannis, and he's got a little bit more playmaking in him than Giannis does. Um, yeah, more ball handle. He's lower to the floor. More yeah. more handles. Just, uh, doesn't have the offensive game as Giannis did. I mean, we just saw Giannis score 50 in the NBA Finals. So we're not saying Scotty Barnes is going to be better than Giannis or another Giannis. But you can see the framework and the potential there. It's just does everything click together? Does it all work? And it's very hard to judge. I mean, I don't think a lot of people outside of Dallas, there's a lot of people who didn't think Luka would be who he is. And People in Dallas didn't think he'd be what he is because he's just absurd right now. And it's like everything hit for Luka. Like you look at like Jokic. Um, Denver was a big believer in Jokic and they traded Nurkic to the Blazers to let Jokic start. But a lot of people on the outside, you look at Jokic being drafted at what, like 290 pounds, 300 pounds, like from Serbia, second round pick, like just everything hit. So the potential's there, but we'll see. Right, yeah, and you know Toronto's kind of they got they got pieces, but they don't have the guy. You know, they got guys that are just right on the border. You know, Siakam, Van Vliet, Trent. You know, Gordon's a leader, but he's not the guy. Uh, Precious, OG, Scotty, they're super young, super fun. They just they're not there. They're just they're not going to compete with the Bucks, the maybe the Sixers now, the Nets. Heat even Heat got their number. So all it'll I want be, from Toronto is tragic. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Um, it'll be like there's going to be games for Toronto that are going to be fun to watch, and there's going to be games that suck to watch. They're going to um, lose by forty so one night. They're going to get yeah. destroyed. Kind of okay. like I, I view them as a better version of Houston. Like Houston's going to be really fun to watch. Um, Jalen Green will have a night where he scores thirty five. Next night he might shoot six for twenty one from the field. I mean, the magic. They're gonna, yeah, the Magic. There's a lot of young, promising teams that are fun for the NBA. And, and I think fun. that goes well awesome. because there hasn't been that in the past. You know, like, you're going to want to turn on the Pistons. They have a lot of young talent. You know, like, all these bottom teams have a lot of talent. It's just the NBA is such a talented league right now. There's just talent all yeah, across. It's, I mean, before the whole Nets-Lakers fiasco, it was it, it was pretty – Talent was pretty even. It was it was pretty spread out. You now you you were looking at the West and you're saying, you know, with COVID and you know how the 
away games are working and fans, you know, there's not really the home court advantage. Yeah, I could I could have seen three West teams winning the chip last year. And in yep. the East, I could have seen two or th- maybe not the Sixers. They're kind of that border team, but I could have seen the Bucks or Nets easily winning. But now, I mean, we're kind of leaning Lakers Nets again. But um, I think in two years, it's going to be fun and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into our next point, a topic. Uh, where does this Mavs team end up in the standings? And before I say that, I'd like to say the Mavs, besides the 9-14 and 14 start to the season, in which they were missing three starters due to COVID and two other rotational pieces that were actually a part of, like, you're making an eight- to nine-man roster that you're playing in the regular season rotation. That was about five of the players right there. That really stunk for the Mavs. I mean, players had to stay in Denver um, because of it. But besides a 9-14 and 14 start, the Mavs were on pace for a 49-win season last year, which would have given them the third seed, and which would have allowed them to play the Portland Trailblazers. And nothing against the Portland Trailblazers, but I think the Mavs win that series. And five. Yeah, um, we saw them. We saw the Blazers. They got they got swept right by the Nuggets. Yeah, pretty Without sure. Murray. Um, I mean, it was either four, five, or six, but it wasn't. I don't think it was six. Yeah, it was the Jokic five. show. It yeah, was, yeah. Um, but with that being said, like you look at the Mavs, they lost a very hard-fought seven-game series to the Clippers, and Kawhi had arguably his best playoff performance he's ever had in a series against the Mavericks. One of the best playoff performances ever. Yeah, in like NBA history. I mean, his true shooting percentage, I think, was like 71%. It was just like absurd. And you look at him losing in seven to a more talented team, if, and also probably the worst matchup for the Mavs. Um, so you take a team like the Blazers, and maybe you get – you never know what could happen. So – um, with that being said, you're pretty much replacing Reggie Bullock or Josh Richardson with Reggie Bullock. Josh Richardson shot 22.6% from the corner last year for threes. Reggie Bullock shot 46.7% from the corner in New York where the spacing is absolutely different because they don't have Luka Doncic. They don't have a KP, a center who's going to shoot around 36 37% Right, he's gonna have the best year of his career. Yeah, um, easily. And you've got a lot of guys improving too. You know, there's not when you look at this roster, there's not a lot of guys that you're like, yeah, they're gonna take a big step back. At least in the fact that, or at least in the importance of the team. Like, okay, Dwight Powell might regress, but that's not Luca progressing, Brunson progressing. Tim finding more of his role, KP progressing, Dorian progressing, all outweighs these negative regressing players that the Mavs have. Um, so when I look at the West, I think the Mavs are a top four seed. I think you have the Jazz. I think you have the Lakers. I think you have the Suns. I think you have the Mavs and the Warriors, like the top five seeds in my opinion. It takes a Chris Paul injury for the Suns to be a six or seven seed. It takes an Anthony Davis. It takes a LeBron, a Russell injury. And I don't know if the Lakers will be – I don't think they'll have a better regular season record than us. 
they're they have a new roster. Everybody is pretty much brand new. And LeBron's gonna be load managing. He's thirty eight, seven. <laughs> Anthony Davis is probably gonna be load managing. The dude is so injury prone. They do you think the Lakers don't want to awesome. be ready for playoffs? Westbrook's gonna injure or yeah, I mean, he doesn't really because of how hard he goes. But they're going to sit him at times because he normally gets injured during the season. He's not out for a very long time. But two the to team, weeks. if LeBron's not playing and you have a team around Westbrook with one of your best shooters, Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk. Yeah. I tough. don't know how the, in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to. Yes, they're going to do good. And they're going to probably be in the finals. Okay. I said it. But. Regular season, I think it's, I think the Mavs ceiling, honestly, is the two seed. I did, I was saying three seed before, but I think that counts on an injury. That counts on a Chris Paul uh, load manage. But dude, let's talk about Luca for just one minute. If MVP favorite the last two years before the season, two K cover. Coming off an Olympic loss to his teammate in Josh Green. And now Frank Nielakina. You think this guy is not ready to go? This this is going to blow last season out of the water, I think. I think he's going to average triple-double, honestly. Yeah, this is the... Maybe not rebounds. But. This is the Luka averaging around 27-28. Nine and a half boards, 12, 12, 12 and a half assists. I like a lot of shooting. They they went out and they added two shooters who shot over 40%. You know, That's like two, two, three threes a game. Easy. Yeah. Um, and Bullock's a guy who shoots them in volume, too. Like, he's just not a Sterling Brown is going to attempt it on like four or five a game. Like, <laughs> to, to, to be clear, I, I butchered this, too, and I just remembered. Reggie did make it clear in the press conference it was Bullock. So, yeah. Reggie Bullock. I will I will get that right. But I mean, you also when you look at the West, Clay Thompson, how's he gonna look? You know, he's not gonna be starting the season as the full Clay Thompson. I don't even think he starts the season. If he so does. Yeah, if he does, it, it makes it really tough for other teams. But yeah, I mean, coming off of ACL and Achilles, those are like two major injuries. Um, Clay Thompson is a shooter, which that's not going to leave. A shooter is going to be a shooter. Um, but you look at what was his second best skill? Defense. Jeez. And you're coming off two major injuries. You're in your to early. To each leg. Yeah, to each leg. You're in your early 30s. How long does it take to get your feet back in? Hasn't played in the NBA since 2019, 2018. The like finals. It's, yeah, it's been a really long time. So the f- you have 2019 the finals. Jamal Murray is out till about April. You got Kawhi maybe coming back around the playoffs. Denver, the Warriors, and the Clippers will all be lower than the Mavs. The Mavs are coming in healthy for the first time in a long time. So... I think it's going to be exciting if you, like I said, if you take away that 9-14 and 14 start, they're a three-seed, 49-win team. They look a lot better. And, you know, there's some believers around the NBA that are a lot higher on the Mavs than others. 
And the reason is, is because Luka Doncic is that guy. We've seen Brunson take a step in his career each year. Does he take that next step? Um, maybe he's not the true secondary. Maybe the next player. step for some trade value. Yeah, I mean. We've got can, our point guard. Can Tim be the solidified guy? Um, you know, like KP. Shout out to Tim Hardaway for taking a pay cut. Yeah, I'm going to need a Tim Hardaway jersey pretty fast here. Um, but yeah, it, it's an exciting time to be a Mavs fan. I think there's a lot of positive things to look for. Um, a lot of turnover in the front office, coaching staff. Um, I like what they've done. Uh, you know, we weren't the highest on the Jason Kidd hiring, but I do like the way they've bolstered the rest of the bench. Um, it's a very good bench now. Um, it's a bad got, I mean, it was a bad off season for to get players. I mean, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry were the two that we were really excited about, and they Kawhi towards ACL, so no. And Kawhi's clearly staying in L.A. Yeah. He's not, I don't. Th- I think he's going to retire there. Yeah. And and Lowry is what it is. You know, we came in second. I, I'm not upset about that. We, you know, win now mode may not have won against the Lakers Nets. Maybe we just yeah. need to set our set our eyes on two years, and that's yeah. what we're doing. I like it. Same. And, uh, you know, next year you're going to have the opportunity to have the full MLE again, most likely, which brought in Reggie Bullock. Um, so you just just adding pieces, you know. Um, I love I hope <laughs> I hope Reggie and Dorian are best friends. They're just opposite corner threes. They're corner three brothers. <laughs> yeah. Play defense together. I mean, it's, someone beat up it's the Morris twins. It's going to be a fun time to be a Mav. Uh, Mavericks fan. I really do think that this is a year that the Mavs are going to shock a lot of people. I think 50 um, wins is very possible. I think we're uh, going to smash 50. I think I think we're definitely smashing 50. I mean, the fact that we <clears throat> won 40 last year in 72 game season, but take I away think the we're bad start, 46 or seven on Bet US, but I'll yeah. double check. Uh, we'll definitely get that line out to you, but yeah, NBA is about to start in the next month or so. Um, a lot of, a lot of fun NBA teams to watch this year. So it's definitely uh, quick. Yeah. It snuck up on me to be honest. You know, yeah. With all the, you know, it was a quick turnaround for this last season, but that was the Bucks parade was a while ago. It doesn't seem like it, but it was. Yeah. like three almost three months but yeah exciting times you know why get a Mavs game on Monday with Monday Night Football you get Mac action on Tuesday mm. I'm waiting for that that's in November then you get another Mavs game on Wednesday Thursday Night Football you get some college football on Friday you'll get another Mavs game somewhere in the week and you get all day college football Saturday, all NFL football Sunday. It's just, it's time to be alive. NHL's coming up too. Yeah. It's, yeah, best time of the year for sure. But we got Cowboys pod coming up later this week. Me, Mac, Jarrett, and maybe another guest will be joining. We also got college football pod, as always, coming up this week. Mac, Patrick, doing their thing. Maybe, maybe I'll... Look, one of these times but. look for some uh, special guests in that pod 
It's a, uh, it's a big weekend to be a Razorback. Arkansas Razorback this weekend. Big matchup. I'm excited. I'm hammering Arkansas because I hate A&M. Yeah, but, and for all everyone who follows our Twitter, you would have seen a, I think it was either five or ten unit max play. Arkansas Hogs over four and a half wins on the season at minus one twenty five, looking great right now at three. Um, you got Arkansas Pine Bluff still on the schedule, so chalk that up as a win. So we're looking for one more win in the next uh, eight games. Yeah, looking very very good. Good. All we do is place good bets. But that'll do. That'll do it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at All in One Dallas Sports. And be sure if you need a book, Bet US has the best lines. Uh, you can buy points up to ten points. You can buy it down to ten points on over under spreads, whatever parlay. Player props, game spreads all together. It's better than DraftKings. It's better than FanDuel. Definitely go check it out. And if you do, make sure to use promo code DIRK41 in all caps.